This is Real Estate Rookie episode 172. I would have had a completely different life. Uh, and I mean better. And the people around me would have had a different life too. And I think, yeah, getting the people who are in your life personally on board as much as, as they're interested, the dividends that that would pay, I can't even begin to tell you. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And this week's Rookie Reply, we have a special guest for you guys. Such a special guest that it almost felt more like a therapy session at one point than uh, <laughs> than like a regular Rookie Reply. But today we have Nick on the show, and Nick is actually an Enneagram expert. And uh, when, when you hear Enneagram, it's, it's, it's a personality type tool, similar to like the, the DISC profile or the Myers-Briggs. But this one's a little bit different, and Nick will get into what some of those differences are and why he feels that this one is actually a better tool to use in your day-to-day life. Yeah, Nick actually sat down and spent an hour with each Tony and I and kind of went through what our type structure should be. So this was something that was very new to me. Did you ever do this type of testing, Tony? No, uh, Tyler Madden had mentioned it to me that he he had gone through this before and, and got a lot of value out of it, but this was my first time doing it myself as well. I still can't pronounce it correctly. So as you notice through the whole show, I avoid saying the word the whole time. So <laughs> <laughs> say, say the word now, say it that way. Just, let's just, let's just get and, it. Enneagram. <laughs> Woo! There he is. Is that right? It. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's save that. We can insert it into different parts of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So we are going to bring Nick on and learn what types Tony and I are and also why this is important, what kind of value it can bring to your life and others. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent to retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. 
Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Uh, We are very happy to have you on. Tony and I have both talked to you a little bit before this episode to kind of get some background. I would love for you to share with everyone who you are and why you are here today. First of all, thanks for having me on. I know this isn't, you know, your normal thing, but um, I think it's just one of those universal human things that that'll make anybody uh, more successful in, in the things they do, and and that includes uh, what you guys are up to. I've, I've listened to several of your podcasts. I don't know the first thing about what you're doing. Well, I guess I now know the first thing about what you're doing, um, but that's about it. Um, I am uh, an Enneagram guide. Um, I have dedicated the last several years of my life to it. And I, when I say dedicated, I mean <laughs> maybe a little obsessively. Um, and it is a, a tool, you know, um, the best way to put it is it's a roadmap, a scaffold to understand ourselves authentically um, and others better. And in a way that is not um, it, it boxing, you know, putting you into a box and containing uh, who you are, you know, like I, I think a few other of these tools that are valuable uh, tend to do. So uh, that's what I do with my life is I kind of help people uh, find their way to, to, to get the filters and, and the masks off of the little silent voices that are kind of always influencing us. And that's through the Enneagram. So what exactly is that? Can you yeah, explain great question. and like break into it? Yeah. <laughs> no, you all know, don't you? Of course. Um, <laughs> You know, it's so it's and the Enneagram comes through antiquity. Um, it goes all the way back to uh, monks and, um, you know, these Trappist monks way back, like 1200 years ago, using this thing um, as a way of understanding our, our, our emotional habits, um, our focuses, the, the things that motivate us. And then that allows us to understand ourselves truly and then understand others truly and then like growth from that. And so um, way back when, all these years ago, hundreds of years ago, these monks had to live together. And I don't know about you, but living with a bunch of dudes who've taken a certain set of vows would probably be kind of challenging. Um, and so they uh, found that, that this was a tool that allowed them to get along and authentically and happily. It was kind of lost. Um, it was obscure for a lot of, of, of years, for centuries, and got kind of refound uh, in the 19th century. And um, really brought to life by some folks who are still doing it today um, as a as a sorter of personalities, but less that and more of an understanding and a roadmap of uh, of who we are. How does this compare to the DISC profile or other personality tests that are out there? Thank you so much for that question, because it's, it's one I'm passionate about. I was specifically, I did all those things, but I was specifically a Myers-Briggs guy uh, for a long time. And man, I still, I would never fault anybody for finding value in it. It's incredibly valuable. I think where it's valuable is um, at a certain path, a certain point on our path and our journey. And um, what I know about, you know, a lot of people, but what I know specifically about this community is that, you know, you guys are really about self-improvement, really about growing and not just staying stagnant. And I think um, if you're one of those kinds of people and you want to grow and it's it, it, like it's essential to you that you grow, the Myers-Briggs is on that line at a place where, you know, maybe if you don't understand what it is about you that makes you different, 
I think the Myers-Briggs can tell you really loudly and really accurately. I'm an ENFP, right? I'm, I'm emotional. I'm intuitive. I'm a thinker. I'm a perceiver. And I do thinking before I do judging, you know, and, I, and I'm a, an extrovert more than I'm an introvert. And so you can start to really understand who you are. But as you hear me say all that, you also hear me putting these boxes around things. You're hearing me say you're an introvert, not an extrovert. You're this, you're not that. And I think there's a containment that happens there that um, that's really good for kind of letting us understand our, our tendencies and our behaviors. The Enneagram speaks to our emotional habits. That's my favorite phrase. Where we go emotionally, we're really, um, if we're paying attention, usually pretty good at knowing our habits um, but not our emotional habits. Where do we land emotionally just kind of out of habit? And the Enneagram also speaks to kind of our priorities, our driving emotions. And then it's through that it says, well, because you tend to operate more out of fear than anger, for instance, you tend to kind of go this way. But the Enneagram allows you to say, I'm this kind of ENFP, right? It's about you, the individual. So you can put those things together. I'm, I'm a Myers-Briggs ENFP, but I'm a seven and an Enneagram seven. And that's the kind of ENFP I am. And it's more about who you are and less about um, what you do. Just for my own personal knowledge, what, what are you on the Myers-Briggs? Uh, an ENFP. You know yeah. Gotcha. What about, e what about ENFP, you, yeah. I have no idea. Oh, you've never taken it before? I've never taken it. No, I've done the disc uh, profile, but I've never taken the Myers Briggs. Okay, what what are you on the yeah. on the disc profile? Uh, I don't even remember. I don't know that I know anymore either. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you're no help. You're no help. <laughs> so I'm a uh, on the okay. on the on the Myers. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, we we got we got to get. I, you know, I think it'd be cool to kind of have a this uh, you know as part of the conversation too. But on Myers Briggs, I'm in I'm an INTJ. Um, I don't really remember what all those letters stand for, but it, you know, it's like the engineer or the scientist or something like that is what they call it. Um, on the disc profile, I know I'm a, I'm a really high C. Um, and then lower on like the D and the I. Um, so you, you see some similarities when you look at some of these uh, different personality tests. And I do see a lot of the same character traits in uh, the Enneagram, you know, as I saw in my kind of like examples of uh, the Myers-Briggs or the uh, or the uh, disc profile. But um, what I, what I want to dig into, Nick, and maybe if we can kind of set the table for the listeners here is um, like the, the, the Myers-Briggs, right? It talks, you know, like, are you intuitive versus judging versus this versus that? The disc is like decisive and cautious. And, you know, I can't remember what the other ones are. What are the different kind of um, like, I, I don't know, I guess like categories of the Enneagram that people's personalities, motivations, et cetera, kind of fall into? Yeah, thanks for the question. I think that's really that's um that's really fundamentally the difference, right? Um, is is you're talking about kind of these um in both those systems in the Myers Briggs and the Disc and others that are out there um that it is about uh kind of do you lean this way or do you lean that way? Um, are you you know more of a follower, or more of a leader? And certainly those things are endemic to to the nine different types of the Enneagram. And again, Enneagram is Ennea is the nine part. If you're into Latin, I'm not. Um, but there are nine kind of personality uh, types and, and less personality types. And I, I use that phrase to try to relate to the um, Myers-Briggs and stuff. But it's it's really about um, these archetypes of certain types of humans, right? And, and those kinds of, uh, again, motivational, like what motivates you and where your emotional habits are. So as an example, um, I'm a seven. Uh, and sevens are, are motivated by kind we're so we're part of the fear triad. Okay. So you're either motivated by fear or anger or your heart. Okay. And 
as part of the, the, the fear triad, um, I am and tend to be an anxious person. I don't tend to be an angry person. In fact, I kind of struggle um, in situations where I should be angry, actually accessing it and doing that. Um, but I'm always kind of anxious. Now, a seven is going to deal with that by immediately reframing it, finding a silver lining and life's good, life's happy. We're always positive and optimistic. And from the outside, we tend to just sort of look that way. Um, whereas someone right next to me, uh, who's an eight, right? So right n near me on the Enneagram is anger based. And so when things come in their life that are challenging, they fight it, they get their shield, they get their sword and they're going to go fight that thing. Um, so it's really about that motivation, right? So you think about what I just said and the kind of complexity of it and how you would, you know, parse that out into those little categories of ENFP or those other things in disc, like how would you do that? You know, we're, we're talking about fundamental driving emotions in you. Like, where does that land in Myers-Briggs? Where does that land in DISC? And I think they can be complementary, but that's the fundamental difference, I think. Just before we move on real quick, I did take a minute to look this up. Um, according to the Tony Robbins DISC profile assessment, not to be confused with Tony Robinson <laughs> DISC profile assessment, <laughs> I am a high I. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I think that's that's what I liked about um, the Enneagram too, Nick, is that, like you said, the, the Myers-Briggs or the DISC, um, it talks a lot about how you act, but the Enneagram was more so, hey, here's why you act that way, which I, you know, which I think is, 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 is a little bit more instructive because if you understand your own motivations, I think it allows you to kind of uh, do a better job of being more self-aware, right? And, and kind of controlling those weaknesses in your personalities a little bit better. Um, so I, I don't know, am, like, are there other benefits to the Enneagram that I'm missing or would you say that's like the, the real big thing that's, that's kind of the driver there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you nailed the center of it, but I think, um, the piece that we maybe aren't talking about as much here that, that I think it's especially to your audience is a big deal is how that involves itself when you start interacting with other people, whether that's personal or professional, man, oh man. Um, to me, the, the most liberating part of it, um, is, is that ability to fully authentically understand others, right? What are we always told that the most empathetic thing you can do is put yourself in someone else's shoes, right? You put yourself in their shoes. And we do that out of great, you know, goodwill. If we're being good people, we try. Well, if you do that, you're just putting yourself in their shoes, right? So all of your biases, all your life experience, all of your emotional habits, and then you go put yourself in their shoes and say, well, okay, I understand why that. No, you don't. You understand how you would be you know, in that situation. And the Enneagram lets you actually understand them in their shoes, Right. And it's it's, you know, I think one of those things, especially in in business partnerships where things can be really maybe a little less emotionally open, um, hopefully not. But sometimes is like sometimes things can feel like, well, if I said that, if I did that, it would be because I was really mad. It would be because I didn't give a crap. It would be because of these. But maybe if you understand this person's type structure, you understand that that's not at all what they're doing. Their motivations are just different than yours. You're a visionary. They're a detail person. So when they start pointing out the details that are going to that are going to fall apart. They're not picking apart your dream. They're trying to help you understand. Here's some stuff that might go wrong, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think um, the other value is in teams and in relationships, both business and professional. So we talked about how it's important to be conscious of yourself from learning um, about your habits and what type of person you are. So you can be more conscious of your, you know, your habits and how you interact with people. But 
you talked, you touched a little bit about relationships and like talking with other people, whether on their team. So do you ask people to go get this testing done or do you memorize all these types and then try and figure out what type they are? How do you best approach that as to figuring out what someone's type is so that you can interact with them appropriately? Man, what a great question. Um, you know, one of the cardinal sins for people in in, in, in what I do uh, is, you know, it's good. you never type somebody, right? You should never, ever say, oh, you're an eight. And I know that. So, blah, blah, blah. you know, and it's because that's just that's just that's as much putting somebody in a box as, as anything. Um, but there can be a level of awareness. Right. And so ideally, yeah, Ashley, you would if you were on a team, I think it'd be incredibly valuable to get everybody to go at least do a tertiary you know, top level view and get some notion of what type structure they might be and share that. If you're on a team that I promise you the, the payoff for that is going to be way higher just for like a day or an hour of reading. Um, what you'll see come out of that on a team, I think would be more than you could possibly imagine. That said, as you go through your life, yeah, you can't just encounter each person. Really, Here's a test. I need you to take this. Um, <laughs> but you do, if you, if you spend some time in it, even if you're just spending time on you and your type structure, we are all in various ways. We're all the, the Enneagram numbers. Okay. You can't be completely divorced from any part of it that, you know, in the end, the Enneagram is the whole human experience. Um, and so you kind of start to get a sense, right? If you meet somebody who, man, it just feels like every time you bring something up, they just want to fight you. And they, it seems like they like fighting you and not just you. Everybody, they just kind of always want to fight. And those kind of people can, you can think, man, what a jerk. Probably, probably someone who's an eight, you know, you don't know. But from that, you can really start understanding, like the reason they're that way is because they really care. Eights deep at their core are the most, you know, soft, jelly, loving people. And they're, but they're, they're super sensitive and their way of dealing with that and making sure that everybody that, that they care about, whether it's on a work team or a family, they're going to go fight. And so if you can see it for what it is, then you'll see it for that as opposed to, man, what a jerk. You'll see them fighting for a thing they care about. And so to that end, if you can start to kind of get that sense, uh, you can start actually understanding people who aren't like you. So it is important to not only understand your own type, but to have an understanding of the other types so that you can kind of look at somebody and say they may be this type. And that would be more beneficial than just memorizing what your type is and knowing that. Um, but getting some knowledge and understanding of others is where you're going to get the real benefit. Yeah, I would say you can break it into two parts. Um, I would also say I would move from memorizing to having a relationship with who you are, because like you really start to understand that person. And I think that's part of the power of it, as, as opposed to some of those other personality disorders where, you, yeah, I'm an ENFP. This is a relationship with yourself. So that part, and you can just do that and you'll be a better person to everybody you encounter. You will be more successful in every one of your interactions and in, in the things you do. You just won't have the filters and the silent voices you're not aware of impacting that. And you could just do that. Um, and I think that'd be incredibly beneficial. But yeah, if you really want the max benefit of it, understanding the other types and understanding at least, you know, the, the types of people who are really close in your life, um, just on that level, I think that's a, an amazing opportunity to really turn up the, the dial on on what you're capable of doing with others. Uh, so Nick, not not only did we bring you here to uh, you know educate our listeners on the Enneagram, but uh, you also spent some time with Ash and I separately, uh, getting to know us a little bit and, and figuring out our like which which of those nine numbers we fell into. And uh, it, I don't know about for you, Ash, but it almost it kind of felt like a little bit like a therapy session, right? Like there was a lot of deep, very uh, <laughs> that pointed was the questions. Exact 
Yeah, I texted my friend right after. I was like, I think I just had a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Nick, I would love, I think Ash and I would both love if we could, uh, you know, share with the listeners what our, uh, what number category we fell into, and then just kind of have a discussion around like, like what exactly that, you know, that number entails and, you know, just kind of have a, a fluid discussion around it. Sure. And I just, <laughs> just to kick it off, you know, that, 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 um, that typing interview is so different than the work, you know, you would do once you're typed. And I totally, it's, it's like, I, I said it to both of you. It's like a police, you've got the light on you and it's like an interrogation and, you know, um, it's, it's intense. So thank you both, uh, for doing that with me. I really well, appreciate it. Well, the questions it. are hard. Yeah, like no. you really have to think about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Are. So, so thanks for like doing that. I appreciate you taking the time and, and being so <laughs> open. Um, I think what we landed on for both of you, which is really interesting to me, um, is an Enneagram type structure of six. Um, you know, Ashley, there was a little bit more ambiguity with um, because she, you have a lot of that kind of seven energy. Um, I'm a seven, so I, I, it takes one to know one. And uh, I think what's interesting about that, though, and, and I was kind of... Uh, kind of hypothesizing with both of you um, is I wonder if in communities of people like this who who are driven to, you know, make their lives better and to uh, find security um, that you're going to encounter more sixes. I don't know. And, and here's why. Sixes, uh, as, a, as a type structure, um, their habit of mind is uh, doubt, right? Doubt about, um, and, and again, we go back to this is this is your root level. We all work to become better and not let these things own us. But sixes tend to kind of um, find themselves doubting things and then trying to find a way to have faith in those things. So sixes also can have the most faith out of any type structure, depending on where they are. Um, and their driving emotion uh, is, as I mentioned earlier, fear. So doubt and fear, and you're starting to hear these words. I'm going to time out for one second and tell you another thing I love about the Enneagram. It really doesn't pat you on the back. <laughs> it, it doesn't say, you're amazing, because it pretty much comes in and says, you know... Um, Here's here's what's probably a challenge for you, and 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 the fun part of working on your on your type structure is is reducing the impact of that. But yeah, as I continue to talk to you here in front of all your listeners, I'm probably going to tell you you know the things that don't sound like rah rah, um, and that's just kind of the nature of the enneagram. That's just how it is. Um, but your focus of attentions as a six is to uh, to find the hazards, and so this is all the bad stuff. But here's the thing that makes sixes so fundamentally amazing is that. They have an almost supernatural ability to do that, to find the hazards in the world, see them coming, get a plan together to either mitigate it or completely avoid it, and then and do that specifically for the, their, their small circle of, of people. That's often their family, like their actual literal family. But sixes also kind of make families out of the people they want to. And, but they do this as, as much or more for those people as they do for themselves. And it is, if you see a six at work really doing their thing, it's it's supernatural. They can just see it all coming and plan and have it figured out before it gets there. So I, I felt a lot of that from both of you. And then after listening to some of your podcasts, it's clear that you're just doing that on a daily basis, which is why I wonder if your audience is overrepresented with sixes. But yeah, uh, that's I think both of you are there. Um, if, I can, if I can just prattle on a little longer, Ashley, I think... It, it, the Enneagram numbers, like I said, we're connected to all of them, but we're connected to kind of outside of our specific type structure four in stronger ways. So we have a number we'll slide to in stress, or they say some people say disintegration, and a number we slide to when when we're kind of more calm, integration, some people say, and then we have wings, okay? 
So the wings are just, you're gonna lean to the right or the left. If you're a six, you might lean five. If you're a six, you might lean seven. Um, and I really feel Tony, like you lean heavy to the five, which is the engineer, as you mentioned. Uh, fives are, my brother's a five. He literally sends uh, satellites into space. He owns a satellite company. Um, you know, and then uh, the sevens are, are me, just the, just too much energy and I just make everybody uncomfortable. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's that energy of positivity and all that. And, and Ashley really, you know, talked about, um, you know, looking to the future, which is such a seven thing to do um, is, is to, you know, uh, have, you know, plans, positive plans on the books to have a positive spin on things. If things start getting stressful, yes, seven stress, they're anxious, just like sixes, but they go somewhere with that. That's more positive. Try to keep it optimistic. Um, and then fives are these thinkers. And I don't think either of you are a five or a seven, but you definitely lean that way. And I think what's really interesting is how that shows up between the two of you. That's why we make the best team as co-hosts. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, um, limitations or not limitations, but some of the, the, the personality quirks that, uh, maybe make it a little bit more difficult for sixes, because I, as I was reading it, I think that was the part that kind of jumped out to me. So we, we talked about some of the strengths of being a six, but what are some of the limitations and how can Ash and I mitigate some of those in our day-to-day lives? Thank you. That's a great question. Um, sixes, you know, we, we talked about, you know, what's interesting about sixes is they're, uh, the number I can think of the type structure on the Enneagram that is the most, um, they're a dichotomy. Their strengths are their weaknesses, right? Um, and that's so rarely the case. Um, sixes are hyper vigilant. End of story. And that's what makes them so amazing at preparing and making plans for their life and and seeing things through and doing that. You know what else it does is it it's it gets in their way. The anxiety, the the thinking about all those things that can go wrong. Um, it, it can lead to pessimism. It can lead to doubt. It can lead to these kinds of things, which, which kind of, and they can start to spin, right? So the thing that makes them amazing at being them is also the thing that, that holds them back. And in relationships, um, including, and especially professional relationships, um, can just kind of, uh, slow down the train, um, can, can kind of get stuck and mired in that space. Um, and they also can get, um, they're concerned with loyalty, and so they can find themselves in a distrusting place. And I think, um, boy, anytime you're going to do something big in your life, if you're going to start a new partnership with somebody, we all have hesitancies because it's a big deal. But my goodness, if if you're so wrapped up in the idea of this, if I can trust this person, will they be loyal? Da 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 da. That can hold you back from a lot of things. And that's a, those are some major challenges that sixes face. Um, and also, there can occasionally be a, a self doubt piece that comes into that. Um, if you ever are blindsided by something as a six, man, oh man, can that land like a, how did I not see this coming? How did I not? I have this superpower. Uh, and and that can really be a lead to self-doubt as well. Um, and I think the amazing thing about growth in the Enneagram as opposed to growth through other tools is you're not addressing the fact that you're too introverted or whatever. You're addressing the fact that, man, uh, here's this big thing that I'm always focused on and how is that impacting the way I see everything? And so getting out of that can be really powerful. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, 
we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my nine-to-five job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. When Bigger Pockets started podcasting, no one thought we needed a store, but then books, so many books, best selling books, rookie books, partnership books. We needed the best real estate bookstore ever, so we chose Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch stage to the first order stage to the did we just sell out the whole store stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling real estate books or retro clothing, Shopify's platform helps you sell everywhere, online or in person. Now, speaking of online, did you know Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better than other leading commerce platforms? And no matter how big you grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business. And that's why we chose Shopify for the Bigger Pockets bookstore. So sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash bprookie, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash bprookie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bprookie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are some tools and resources that we can go to to kind of learn how to like we're a type six, but we want to be the best type six we can be? <laughs> yeah, um, I sent you guys. Hopefully you can post some links and things to me. Uh, the authority where I've done the majority of my learning um, is the narrative Enneagram. Um, they're kind of the, the OGs, if you will, of um, of the Enneagram and they're passionate um they keep updating not just their terminologies, but their ways of thinking about it. You heard me say a couple times throughout this, like, oh, some people use this verbiage and some people use that. They're always really thinking about how they're never done. They, they don't think they have it figured out, right? Um, and I think that's really amazing. And I've done a lot of stuff there. So narrative, uh, the narrative of Neagram.com. 
Um, the, the another the, there's two books that really kicked off my journey uh, that changed my life, um, and that's uh, the path back to you and the road between us. Or I might have gotten the path and the road inverted on that, but it's something about roads. And so the road back to you and the path between us. Um, it's written by a couple of pastors, uh, which which is just from that perspective. You know, they're not at all. Um, it's not from the, the the perspective of of that faith, but it is. It's their life experience. It's their learned experience, and so they kind of share how it works in their their world. So those. Those are great places to start. And then um, I really feel like uh, there is there is so much you can do with reading and tests and things, but there's just really no uh, replacement for talking to somebody. Um, so obviously me <laughs> um, and people like me who who can sit down and really work with you and your individual, um, your type structure and understanding it and then lessening its impact. Yeah. Let me ask you this. When you, so after you talked with us and we kind of identified our type structure, did you come into this interview knowing or having kind of a plan how to interact with us based on our type structure? And what does that look like? What is the best way to interact with a six? You know what's interesting? That's a great question. Thank you. Um, yes and no is the answer. You know, understanding type structures just automatically, as soon as you, if you've been in a while and you've invested in it, you understand a six, right? And so I think just automatically, um, We'll go back to the Myers-Briggs here. My N means I'm intuitive, right? So you're either intuitive or thinking. So once you sort of have the understanding, I think you do on some level shift the way you speak. I certainly am not talking to you the way I talk to a one um, or a three, but I don't think it changes the underlying, you know, it, it's it's maybe just speaking a slightly different language. And I think for sixes, um, it's, it's, letting, it, it's letting maybe a little bit more of me out personally, because sixes want to know they can trust you. Sixes want to know that you're a human being in this world with them. You know, if I came in like a one and one specifically are, are very detail oriented, they have a really loud inner critic and they like look for everything that could be, be wrong. And so different than sixes who look for things that could go wrong. And if I started kind of doing that and bringing that energy, I think there's a lot of, that would make you guys feel a little less, less comfortable. So yeah, I think it goes back to that thing we talked about. If you understand other types, you can just sort of be in their space with them in a way that's a little more authentic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking as you're talking, Nick, and it's like I feel like I should do I should really just do like all of these with my with like my wife and my son. My son's 14, so I think he's old enough to to like get the value out of this. But how cool would that be if as a family we understand each other's enneagrams, we other we understand each other's Myers Briggs, their their disc profiles like like, man, what could that do to, to our relationships? So, but, you know, I'm just thinking out loud right now, but man, what a, what a cool, I don't think, I don't think families do that enough, right? Understanding kind of where the other person's coming from. Yeah. I think you think of it more of like teams at your business. work, you know, business, but not into your family. Yeah. Well, Tony, thank you. I mean, I, I you know, I know I'm, I'm here talking to this audience who has a specific interest um, and this is a little off, off that topic, but boy, I think if I'm just going to be really blunt, that is the real mother load of value in the Enneagram is what you just said. I mean, uh, I, I didn't mention it at the beginning. I, I was going to, but you know, the way I found it is I found myself very suddenly and very unexpectedly divorced. Um, and my life was just upended. Uh, and that's when the Enneagram came into my life. And I'll tell you the number one thing I kept thinking as it, as I just sort of started dipping my toes and then digging and digging and digging is I'm like, I, I would have had a different life. If, if I'd have had the Enneagram prior to, I mean, I, I mean, if I could gone back to my twenties, I would have had a completely different life. Uh, and I mean better. And the people around me would have had a different life too. And I think, yeah, getting the people who are in your life personally on board as much as, as they're interested, the dividends that that would pay, I can't even begin to tell you. I, I fully believe that's my area of passion for sure. 
I see these and I don't know much about this at all, but like zodiac signs or your horoscope, <laughs> things like that. Like I see things online where it's like, oh, if you're a Scorpio, you match with an yeah. Aquarius. Like I don't even know if that's another one. I just know I'm a Scorpio. But and it's like you match well with that person in business wise or even relationship wise. Can you look at these types and, you know, there's better people that you'll work with or is it it doesn't even matter at all? Because I saw in the one worksheet, it was like there was the the mind, the body and the heart and some of them were categorized. Can you kind of go into that a little more? Yeah, too? Thanks. Um, so that is so one of the things I really love about the Enneagram, too, is because it's t- treating us like people and not like um computer programs that we can sort into different things is that it's there's the somatic piece. So you really brought that part up. So our, our body part, um, and that is where we tend to process everything in our lives. So the head types, which is five, six, and seven, that's where we literally take the entire world in, we process it and we do everything we do through our brains and it rarely goes any lower. Um, and if it does, we're not comfortable with it. I'm one. I totally get that. Um, and then you move into, uh, just which way we're going to go. Uh, uh, we'll go eight, nine, and one. Um, those are the body type, the very bottom. And, and that's, that's the anger type, right? That it comes from their belly. It rages. Um, and someone like a nine, uh, you bring that up to him. You say, Oh, you're really anger driven. And like, no, I'm never angry. That's exactly it. They're, they're so good. Their entire life is driven by not being angry. Like if there's a, if there's, you know, tumultuous situation, they're the ones who can slip their feet into everybody's shoes, make everything okay and move along. Cause like, man, I just don't want any anger, but it's still anger driven. And then there's the heart types, which I think all of us can kind of intuitively understand. They just live their life through their emotions and like, and, and, and the things that make them feel warm or, or not so warm. Um, and so, yeah, what's interesting is uh, your question is, uh, is there better mix matches for business relationships uh, or personal relationships? And I think on some level, um, there is a, a natural tendency to find ourselves, you know, you know, a thinker and a doer. And we know that that's true, um, that, that like a lot of the strongest partnerships, maybe the strongest partnerships ever. Um, Apple, right? Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Jobs was clearly the thinker and Wozniak was clearly the doer. And look what it did. Um, and so obviously those are going to be two different types. You know, I'm guessing Jobs was something like a seven and I'm guessing that Wozniak was something like a five. Now, I don't know, but so you're probably going to find yourself drawn to that. But I would challenge the notion that in the end, if you're both healthy, aware of your type structure, aware of each other's type structures, that there isn't a combination that wouldn't work. Um, and I think it's about that commitment, that dedication to, to being the best blank you can be, being best six you can be. Um, and I think from there, uh, it, that's where I love the Enneagram is because we are all individuals and the Enneagram allows for and encourages you to just be who you are. And you can be two totally different people and both be sixes. So uh, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Thank you. Well, one, one thing I want to comment on really quickly, Nick, you know, you, you kind of apologize for talking about the personal aspect, like the you know personal relationship aspect of the Enneagram. But man, I, I think that's super important, right? Like even as like all of us who are, who are, you know, in, investing in real estate, those of you that are listening to this podcast and want to start investing in real estate, you're doing so because you have this picture in your mind of what you want your life to be like. And for many of you, there's obviously the, the financial part where you have this financial freedom, this financial security, but I'm sure for everyone that's listening, there's also like a, a relational part of that picture of your life as well. And it's like, what good is building this big financial, you know, castle if you're in there by yourself? 
And I think being able to really understand who you are as a person and how you work with other people is important. My my wife and I, like I said, I, we haven't done this yet, but I, I definitely want to make her do it now. Um, I say make her do it. I, I mean, like ask her to do it because I'm sure uh, <laughs> I, I can't make Don't my wife Jesse, do we anything. We already know who wears the, pink, <laughs> yeah. the, the pants in that household. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you guys know my wife, you know I, I can't make her do anything. Um, but uh, but we read we read a book uh, like in our our, our mid twenties maybe. And it was called The Five Love Languages. And that book was super helpful for us as a couple because it gave us a better understanding of who the other person was. And it's we, we still literally use the language that we picked up in that book today about how we interact with each other. So and this is me more so just like giving advice to everyone, right? Based on what's worked for me is like, if you can understand your partner, your, your you know, your, your romantic partner, your, your parent, your friend, whoever it is in a deeper way, it, it really does unlock a, a new level in that relationship. Tony, I think that book even applies to business relationships too. I'm going to a real estate investor's wedding and there's a whole group text going of his love language is gift giving. We have to do something awesome for him. And it's like that everybody's week is consumed trying to figure out what gift to give him. So I think like, you know, it's a way to show appreciation too. If you do um, go along with what somebody's love language is too, and not just in personal relationships. Yeah. If I can piggyback off of that, man, um, if, if you're seeing the, and by the way, I, I'm, <laughs> I was a love languages guy too. When I say that I've been into all these things, <laughs> been into all these things, um, it, 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 you guys are talking about in you know, the love languages, I, I dig it. And I think you're seeing the value of just like these five little Oh, gift giver or, or, you know, words of affirmation, or, you know, and you see the value in knowing that being conscious of it. And then, like you said, like, are you, are you approaching your wife differently, Tony? Not consciously, but you know, so just on a moment to moment basis. Yeah, you are. You're not thinking, Oh, you know, gift giving or whatever your, your wife's uh, is it's just there. And like, you just know. And so you're a better person to your wife. And if you could expand that infinitely, I mean, orders of magnitude. That's just what the Enneagram is, but on a super a richer, deeper level. And yeah, if you could understand your wife as a four, my goodness, um, all the little details, all the nuances, all the minutiae, you'd be so prepared to understand those things. And and one other thing I just want to add is you were talking about um, you guys are, are driven to, to build these castles because you have this picture of a life you want to get to. Um, and in, in working with driven people like you guys, um, one of the things I most frequently work on is how do you do the love part and the life part while you're on that train? Cause you can work so hard and it's for these people that you love. It's not because you're selfish or ignoring them, but man, it can be possible to easily do that. And so some of the work is an understanding on the journey before you get to that vision, how do we keep life working right now in a really positive, fulfilling way? So that's one of the things that the Enneagram is great at. Man, Nick, you're, you know, this is where the, th the therapy session kicks in. Cause what you're saying is like something that, something that I struggle with, honestly, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I, I stopped working my W2 job back in 2020. Um, but I, I still do find myself working a lot, you know, but the, the motivation is different now, right? Before is because, you know, I wanted to keep my job. I wanted the, the next promotion. I wanted to raise. Now it's like, you know, shit, if I'm not working, then who knows what's going to happen to my business, Right. And there's this this like insatiable desire to keep growing because in that growth, I feel a sense of security. Right. Um, 
But also the reason why I don't ever want to go back to a day job is because I want that freedom and that flexibility of time, right? So it's like I have that choice, but a lot of days I'm choosing to really invest it into the business. And what makes it even more difficult is that I know my wife and my son, like their love language is quality time. So I have to be very cognizant of this drive that I have and making sure that I'm keeping it in check so that it, I, I'm not driven to the point that it, it decimates my relationships with the people that I love the most. So, man, this this is, you know, it's a really, really deep conversation, but yeah. one that I'm, I'm glad that we're having. Well, I'm, I, I, and, and I, I just want to point out just for anybody who's being introduced to this right now, you know, it was whatever, 20 minutes ago, I said, well, what do sixes, what, what's their emotional habit? What's their focus of attention? You know, it's, it's, security in an, un, in an un, uh, unsafe world. And it's, it's, you know, planning and all the, you know, the, the doubt and the, data. and man, as you're talking there, I'm like, geez, are, are you just selling the, like, the sixth thing on purpose? Is it like, I want to make it clear I'm a six because you really just said all those things. And you know, the power yeah. in that and, and what's fun about how accurate that is, is man can then you jet then address it so specifically, right? Can you look at dead in the eye and start mitigating its impact? Whereas, you know, what are you going to do with ENFP or INTJ? Like you said, you were, how do you, how do you, how do you take that as a tool and be like, I'm going to be better, but boy, would it be easy for you to look at the exact things you just said and know that that's a habit and know that if you were doing any other job in any other place in the world, you'd still be struggling with that exact thing. And that I think is liberating because it's like, well, I'm not a slave to it. And it's also uh, empowering because you're like, now I know what it is. I can go get it. And then folks who are driven like that aren't okay with it just sitting there. <laughs> Once you know what it is, you're going to want to go tackle it. I, I just think it's so great. I just, I love it. Yeah. And the fact that you're very conscious of what your family needs from you, that instead of like, well, I'm working to make us tons of money so you can go and buy whatever you want, where that doesn't matter to them, where you're, you're finding that balance of spending quality time with them and being conscious of that, I think is just a huge thing. That's also another big six thing, right? It's always, like I said at the beginning, it's, it's less about them and more about the people they love every time. So, yeah. That, that's funny. And I, I I feel like you used the wrong words for me to bring this up because I feel like it's the wrong, the wrong message. But when you care about somebody, like I took on a new uh, business partner and the excitement and the, like just of him getting to quit his job was more of a motivator motivator for me than me being like, oh, I can make this much money in this month. Like I worked so much harder. I felt like because <laughs> I wanted to say to him, I told you you could quit your job. Right? <laughs> but I uh, but at that like how you just said that, like people you care about, your friends, your family, people that mean something to you is a huge motivator and you care about that more. I definitely identify with that as a six. And it goes back to that sixth thing of it's, it's often and most often their actual family. But like I said, at the very beginning of this, boy, sixes like to make their own families too. Like, yeah, you're, you're my family now. And I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm guessing whoever this business partner you have now is, isn't just a smart business person, a hard worker, probably are all those things, but I'm guessing, you know, you were excited because that's my family. Like you've, you've chosen this person to be, someone in your circle, as opposed to just, here's a business opportunity. I'm guessing. Yeah. And even Tony has brought me into his family too. If you look at his text messages, I am pinned at the top oh, with yeah. a very select <laughs> few, the inner circle of family. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting with a couple sixes here, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nick, you, you you shared like man, so many so many good things, and I really hope everyone that's listening takes the time to uh, to go out and and you know complete an enneagram for themselves so they can get a better understanding of their their own personality type. Um, but I, I don't know, Nick, is there anything else we should know about the enneagram? How it's useful before we wrap things up here? Um, I would just throw out the eighty twenty principle has never been more true of anything in the world. You're going to get eighty percent of the value by just putting twenty percent into this thing, and you'll just be blown away. Now, my guess is that once you get that, you'll think. Holy cow, what else can I do with this? And if so, pursue, pursue, pursue. Do it like you do with anything that's a tool in your life. Um, but yeah, just if I, I, I promise you have my word that if you just do a tertiary top level thing with this, you'll already start seeing just amazing, amazing payoffs in your life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Can you tell everyone where they can reach out to you or find out some more information? Sure. The best way is just NB. Um, I'm Nick Baumgart. So uh, nbaneagram.com. Um, there's a few resources there, but mostly it's just a way to get a hold of me. Uh, and then again, I would just lead everybody as much as I could to uh, the narrative Enneagram. To me, they're just the authority out in the world. It's where I've learned almost everything I know. Um, and then one last little thing. Um, there are tests, and I think the best one is at the Narrative Enneagram. You have to pay them like 10 bucks. But I would just say, because I mentioned that we're all connected to all the numbers, and we have these wings, and we have these lines that we move to, um, taking a test, you can it can start to feel a little bit like astrology. Like every single one of these numbers sounds like me. Um, and because to some degree that, that it is. So if you do take a test, I would say, make sure that you read, read, read. And there's going to one going to be one that really nails you and not in a good way. You're going to feel like someone called you out on your crap and you're not going to like it. That's probably your actual type structure, but, um, there's really no replacement for having, um, the ability to, to have someone go through a typing interview with you, whether that's me or not. And, and being able to kind of get the subtleties and the conversation that you guys talked about, the, the, the therapy session to really kind of get in there. So um, by all means, take a test, but keep going. Yeah, Nick, I have to say talking to you was uh, so much better. And like Tony said, a therapy session where for me to sit down and take a test, I would just rush through it to get it over with. And it probably wouldn't even end up being accurate because I would just want to get it done and over with it, click through everything. Or so answer the way you want to answer, very- right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it was a, a lot more intentional uh, doing it you know, face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom and getting to talk with you. So thank you for taking the time to do that with both of us. Yeah, thank you. That was great. I'm Ashley at Wealth From Rentals, and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson on Instagram. And thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be back on Wednesday with another guest. We'll see you next time. And remember, sixes rules and (laughs) others drool. (laughs) I love it. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals. Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today.
The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.